This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. This podcast features music and audio used according to the fair use principle. Mayo is so beautiful. This is a French chef and YouTuber called Alex Enus. It's something that is not supposed to happen. That's like a that, that's like nature's wonder. Is that part of the reason that you, in your episode, called it, and I quote, what you consider to be the greatest sauce ever invented? Yes, I, I stand by this. Mayonnaise is known all around the world. You know, it's a thick, creamy sauce that's used to dress sandwiches, burgers, and salads. But few nations have taken it to their hearts in the same way as the Belgians. The relationship between Belgians and their mayonnaise is tied up in their fanatical friture culture and also in a law which has made Belgian mayonnaise special. But in the face of complex commercial challenges and a generational change in eating habits, could the Belgians preserve their extraordinary mayonnaise heritage? I'm Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast. Part one, foundational. In 2014, Belgian Prime Minister Charles Michel was addressing a business forum in the city of Namur when two women threw fries at him and squirted him with mayonnaise. His jacket, shirt and tie were all covered with long waves of white creamy sauce and several artful splatterings of mayonnaise adorned the curvature of his bald head. The two women, protesting government austerity cuts with feminist activist group Liliths, were eventually removed by security and after taking a few moments to collect himself and change his suit, Charles Michel returned to the podium. The first thing he did was to apologize to the business delegates for smelling like mayonnaise. The two women were protesting an increase in the retirement age, uh, the scrapping of plans for a cost of living raise and an introduction of public sector cutbacks. Perhaps they chose to throw fries and mayonnaise because the combination represents a powerful national symbol, as if thrusting Belgium into the face of power as a rejection of the government. Or maybe a cone of fries and mayo was the nearest weapon to hand. Whatever the reason, the bizarre incident in Namur made international headlines. If you want to make a statement in Belgium, you throw mayonnaise on the Prime Minister. 
I'm a good uh, a good Belgian. So I, my um, my mom's from Wallonia. My dad is uh, from Flanders. So this is Artus de Buzy. He owns a small Belgian mayonnaise company called Natura. Uh, we grew up in Flanders, speaking French at home, and then I and then I worked in Brussels and now in Wallonia. So, so so where did you grow up in in Flanders? In Flanders, and then uh, between Ghent and, and Bruges, um, I grew up, and then I went to school, boarding school, and so on, uh, a bit all over, where I was accepted and not uh, not thrown out of. So that's so, a bit. So, I mean, you, you speak English, obviously, very, very well. And um, you obviously speak French fluently and yeah. Dutch fluently. So yeah. you're like a real Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so, I mean, why? So you're, you're obviously um, heading up the, the, the Natura. Um, why, why would you want to work with mayonnaise? Oh, it's a, a typical Belgian story. So... Um, I finished university and my first job after uni was uh, in the chocolate business. So um, um, I was working with a Dolphin um, that you probably know. They make uh, tobacco, like uh, chocolate bars and tobacco pouches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in charge of sales and, and export there. I did that for six years. And then I um, I got, um, I was at an organic fair in the, in the south of Germany and um, uh, a guy working in the mustard who I, I, I work with told me, oh, there's a small company for sale in Belgium. It's uh, very uh, artisanal, It's um, but it's an amazing product, you'll see, but they haven't invested in anything and they don't use computers. And, and, so, and so I got, I said, hmm, interesting. I, as a Belgian uh, big mayonnaise eater, I said, ooh, that's interesting. I never saw a single mayonnaise uh, in um, de- deli stores uh, outside Belgium. So I said, oh, there must be space for a, a high, high-end natural mayonnaise. I said, oh, that would be easy. I'll offer it to all my distributors and I'll send it worldwide. Easy job. Uh, <laughs> it, didn't, well, it didn't end up being that easy, but then I, I finally got on quite well with the... Um, um, the lady and, the, and her son who were selling the, the family business. Um, so what year What year was that? 2012. So I quit uh, Dolphin in March and in, uh, in June uh, we signed um, taking over the business. We were based in Forêt, in the Chaussée Nierstal in the south of uh, Forêt, um, in, a, in a tiny house. So... Um, we say deux facades, uh, basically where the tram goes by. And there was a shop at the front, mayonnaise production at the back. And uh, in the old apartment above that, there was um, uh, the offices in the middle of a bathroom and kitchen. So it was a very, um, well, old school thing. Uh, we stayed there for a year and a half. Uh, but uh, And then we moved to to uh, Tubis and um but we kept the production process. And, and what's um, unique about the production process is that we use uh, dough beaters. Um, so dough or dough, I don't know how you say it. Um, dough, yeah, yeah. Dough beaters. Um, basically, we put mustard and egg yolks at the bottom, have the beater starting to turn, and then we start adding the oil. We make batches of about 25 kilos 
and uh, at the end of it, we add vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one ingredient I didn't talk about is the salt that's already in the eggs. So we basically use very easy ingredients, well, egg yolks, salt, mustard, vinegar, and oil. Five ingredients, nothing more. Exactly, basically the same way you would make mayonnaise at home. Mm-hmm. The same ingredients. So in, t- in terms of like the f- flavor profile then, um, you know, obviously you've talked about natural ingredients in a traditional process. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm to put one of the more commercial brands in my mouth and compared to the Natura mayonnaise, are we talking about sort of less residual sweetness, um, maybe more creaminess from the Natura? Or is it uh, a different like sort of mouthfeel or texture in terms of its, you know, how, how would you... How would you describe the difference? Because we emulsify di- differently. Uh, you have a much uh, thicker product. Um, and and it's, um, the, the comparison we get from, from most uh, our consumers is it's, they basically say I, it's exactly the same taste and texture as the one we make at home. And that's, uh, or my grandmother used to make a mayonnaise this way. So because we use those dough beaters, you basically have the same as, as if you would whip it at, at, uh, at home. And so you get this very thick um, texture. And then say, but how can you keep it good for one year and then without adding anything in it? And they're all, all very surprised. Um, and the only difference we have with a homemade mayonnaise is that uh, our egg yolks are pasteurized. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the basically the only difference. But for the rest, it's... Um, it's exactly the same yeah. as, a home, as a homemade one, except that we make um, a bit more than two tons a day um, on four of those beaters, and, and and we keep with exactly the same level of ingredients to, to, to have the exact same quality all the time. I, I'm just curious as well, like, you know, obviously you're a Belgian company making a, a, a traditional Belgian mayonnaise. Um, do you export to other countries? Yes, Um I obviously, I was saying at the beginning, I was, I was sure I was going to sell very easily uh, in, in plenty of export countries. And, and uh, I was really uh, sure that I'll be able to sell the product. And um, we, we did manage to sell a bit, but it never took off like it, it did in Belgium. Um, we, do, we do sell a bit in Spain, uh, in Portugal, um, a bit in Germany, uh, a bit in Switzerland. So... It's about 20% of our turnover, but it's relatively flat. And whereas in Belgium, it's still growing because people are moving away from the sweet mayonnaise um, to a more traditional homemade style mayonnaise. So we, we, we started in a few fish shops and, and a few restaurants using our product. And, and, and now we're in most of the major supermarkets. Um, so the, yes. the success came from... Well, Kim, if it's a relative success, it's still a very small. We only have, I think, one and a half percent market share, so we're still nowhere um, in total. But the, the relative success came from um, from the the Belgian market, which I didn't expect, but was good. So there's a membership organization in Belgium called Gulinaria, who represent companies in the Belgian sauce industry. The spokesperson for that group is a gentleman by the name of Philippe Briseret. 
I guess one question might be, why do you think mayonnaise is so closely associated to Belgium? Like, why, why, why do people think about, you know, people in England and America and France and the Netherlands and Germany use mayonnaise. Every, every country has it in, in large quantities, but nowhere is it more associated with food culture than in Belgium. So why do you think that is? Well, the main uh, origin of that is the uh, presence in large quantities or uh, numbers of fritures, of um, um, uh, French fries uh, producing and, and selling um, um, uh, boxes and, and, and houses in, in, in Belgium. We have the highest number of fritures in, in Europe. And um, uh, Belgian fries, uh, I call them Belgian fries now, they are really um, associated with sauces, table sauces, mainly mayonnaise, but also ketchup uh, and other uh, types of uh, tartare and uh, you, you name it. Um, so uh, we have this traditional fries culture, which is closely uh, linked to the consumption of sauces uh, and mayonnaise in the first place. Uh, and this has been um, the case for, 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 for centuries, I would say, for ages. Despite the fact that it's produced globally, few other countries around the world are as closely associated with mayonnaise as Belgium. Belgian mayonnaise has traditionally been richer, more full-textured and more intensely flavoured than mayonnaise in other countries. A qualitative element enshrined in law in the form of decrees signed by the King of Belgium. But another of the reasons mayonnaise is so popular, as Philip has just explained, is because of Belgium's friteur culture. Frituren in Dutch, or friteur in French, are often found on main highways and in town squares, and can be restaurants with table service, or small kiosks with big reputations, or even converted vans parked up near a cafe. They sell double-fried method frietjes, or Belgian fries, often served in a large cardboard cone whilst the sauce most regularly accompanying them is mayonnaise. This combination is so popular that there have been several attempts by Belgians to have Belgium's frites and mayonnaise culture recognised together on the UNESCO list of intangible cultural heritage. So, my next stop, a Belgian friteur. Why do you think, like for flavor, why do you think Belgians like mayonnaise with frites? Yeah, I think it's, it's the, the fatness and, and also the, the, the sourness inside because a fry has not a lot of flavor. It's crunchy and you taste the, the potato inside, but the mayonnaise mixed it all together. This is Laurence Malabeek in the Blaue Friture in Kortrijk. The Blaue Friteur was named the best frietkot in Belgium by the organization Best Friet in 2018. Chris van Herens started the business 21 years ago after selling a small meat company and he's today assisted in the running of the business by his daughter Ulrike van Herens and her partner Lawrence. And so, so what would be the profile of people that come to the Blaue Friteur? Well, it's a standard. It's from students to high class to middle class. But but most yeah, everyone. Yeah, if you you see uh, on a Wednesday uh, noon, it's with children from school. 
Uh, they stop with the bike, uh, fries with a Bicky burger, and they go uh, to home. On Friday, uh, a lot of uh, uh, people, they come here year after year. And they come with the family, they sit in the back, they enjoy their fries, they sit here one hour, two hours, and they go home. But you can't just say that's the, the profile for here. Belgians eat more fries per capita than any other nation. And Belgium is the world's biggest exporter of frozen fries. They're in the region of 4,500 frituren in Belgium. Essentially a fritjes kiosk for every 2,500 people in the country. That's the highest number of fritures per capita in Europe. Every Belgian village has one. The quality standards and the ubiquity of Belgium's rich friture culture have even managed to fend off fast food chains that have infiltrated other nations. So Belgium, for example, has one of the lowest proportions of McDonald's restaurants per inhabitant in the developed world. And I noticed that the Blauwe Friture, uh, it, it won some awards over the, over the years. Yeah. Uh, so for, um, yeah, was it one of the awards with the best Friture in Belgium? Best Friture from Belgium. From Belgium. Yeah. The best Friture in Belgium. Yeah, 2017, 2018. And what was, that the, year. What was the, the, the organization that gave that award? Best Friture. Best Friture. If you yeah. can see here, the, the trophy is here in the here, yeah. You can see a trophy. Best Friture from the year, the Blauwe Friture Kortrijk 2017. Yeah. So, and I mean, how, how does that? And that make you feel. <laughs> yeah. Very excited, uh, as you can see here. It's also uh, it's with uh, the mayor of Kortrijk. Uh -huh. It's with Ferenc de Kok, and, uh, yeah, a very well person in Belgium. She was Miss Belgium. Okay, okay. And then yeah, with uh, the trophy, you can see also. Okay. He, he walked. He said, "If I win this contest, I will go on my knees to to the cannon here uh, on the corner, yeah, yeah. Café Cannon." Yeah. He did it. Wow, proficient. So uh, <laughs> the sore knees. <laughs> but it, yeah. did, did that bring a lot of media attention into the? Yeah, the the, the next year was was not normal. It exploded was it here. Because other media came, or because people started to come. Uh, because it was in the media, and. Because everyone wanted to, wanted to taste it, yeah. not from Kortrijk only, but outside Kortrijk, like yeah. from Ghent, Brugge, yeah. Yeah. everything. Everyone wanted to taste our fries, yeah. but because of it was in the media, yeah. it was exploded. Uh, but then, yeah, 2017, 2018 was yeah. Yeah. really yeah. busy year. Yeah. Yeah. Of the sauces on offer in Belgian frituren, mayonnaise leads the way. According to Belgium's National Union of Friteristen, mayonnaise is chosen with friches 40% of the time. Ketchup is chosen only 9% of the time in comparison. Do most people order mayonnaise with their frites in the, in the Blauwe Friteurs? Uh, I would say 50-60% of the clients will always take mayonnaise, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. you have the special sauces, uh, like the, the hot samurai or the yoppy sauce. Little children will prefer yoppy sauce because it's sweet. So as we continue talking about mayonnaise, he brings up other sauces, and he brings out a range of them for me to try with the fritjes. Yeah. yeah, we have our homemade tartare sauce. Uh -huh. So yes. it's, it's a sauce like uh, 21 years ago, yeah. and it's the same, 21 years 
always the same. So, so I know you don't want to give away the recipe, but how, how do you make a tartare sauce for people that don't know? Yeah, but it's not a regular tartare sauce. So a regular is with um, onions, um, augers of cornichons, mm -hmm. with eggs inside, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a, a big, big sauce, a clumpy sauce. But from our is a little bit sweet and um, more lopender. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's fluender. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sweet. Yeah. We also give it with uh, the calamaris rings, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the fish and chips. Uh, it's another sauce than yeah, you it's normal it's like get. A little bit softer and a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Some other tap -tap. yeah. And also we use it on the breads, like uh, all the the breads we have. Yeah. Um, like a smoska or with ham and cheese. Yeah. We also use that sauce, okay. Okay. not normal mayonnaise, yeah. our sauce. And what's cocktail? Cocktail is also based on mayonnaise mixed with ketchup. Ah, okay. And the, the real cocktail is also with uh, whiskey. Ah. So if you homemade it, yeah, yeah. you use mayonnaise, ketchup, and cocktail. Okay, that's Cocktail, uh, cocktail. whiskey. And, and what's the samurai then? Samurai is, it is the hottest sauce. It's spicy one. Yeah. Yeah, chilies. Yeah, yeah. But it's also based on mayonnaise. Okay. It's also based on mayonnaise, but with in, inside uh, red chili. That's my favorite sauce. So there's the Blaue Fritur's famous homemade tartare sauce. Uh, Yopi sauce is mayonnaise with mild curry spices. Cocktail sauce is a combination of mayonnaise, ketchup and whiskey. Samurai sauce is mayonnaise mixed with ketchup and harissa hot chili paste. And then there's Andalus sauce. That's essentially mayonnaise with tomato paste and mixed with crushed roasted red bell peppers. Diablo sauce is mayonnaise mixed with red pepper puree. American sauce is Andalus sauce flavored with carrots, celery, and onion. So, you know, not only is mayonnaise the sauce most asked for in the culinary cornerstone that is the Belgian friture, but it's the basis of almost all other sauces that make the friture experience what it is. Mayonnaise is this foundational thing. You've got all these sauces in the friture on, on which it's based. You've got the connection to the home. You know, Artus from Natura talked about the way his grandmother made mayonnaise. There's a romance in the techniques deployed. You know, a few simple ingredients, a primitive beating apparatus, very small batches. When Belgians celebrate mayonnaise, they're celebrating their childhoods and their families and their towns. Belgians are drawn to the defiant and esoteric in their cuisine. You know, think lambic, chicory and grey shrimp. Mayonnaise is no different. It's almost mythical. In fact, from a food science perspective, mayonnaise shouldn't really exist at all. Part two is called Nature's Wonder. Life goes up and it goes down. I know my mom taught me that. I figured why we fool around. 
a little And we keep track of time Being so serious Idiots Thinking it will matter Keep me company downtown Before the clock runs out Sun is shining but the rain is welcome too Friends are nearby, don't need another feel Time is not on my mind but then it's you Oh, I love it when the love comes around And then I remember All things must pass Mayonnaise is just an emulsion. So we're back now with Alex Anus. In 2020, Alex produced a series of videos entitled Mother Sauces, broadcast on his YouTube channel, French Guy Cooking, with its 1.83 million subscribers. In episode 11 of the series, he demonstrated the science behind making the perfect mayonnaise. It's droplets of oil in water. And that mix is made stable through emulsifiers, various emulsifiers, including lecithin, which I still can't pronounce to this day, and also some, and, and also some, some uh, emulsifiers from mustard, but mostly lecithin that comes from eggs. So it's a mix of oil and water that is made stable thanks to the egg. So, yeah, but, but oil and water... They don't, don't mix. mix right? Yeah, that's, that was the crux of my episode. That's that's what the, that's the thing that I loved. So oil and only oil and water don't mix. If you try really hard, you can mix them for a few seconds, but then they split eventually. Usually, oil goes back on top, and water sinks to the bottom. But what emulsifier do? It's a, it's, it might be a big word, emulsifier. Um, helpers. Helpers. They're just, I mean, so there's a substance inside of eggs called lecithin. And that substance bonds on one side with the oil and on the other side with water. So it's creating some sort of a link between these two, like a bond. And so it's making, you know, it's making it very difficult for oil droplets to be able to move afterwards. It's like chains everywhere. And so these little droplets that are you know, scattered throughout water. Since they, are, since they have all these links, all these chains attached to them now and linking them to molecules of water, they can't move. So the whole liquid is stable. So, you, I mean, you have, so you have this kind of thing which doesn't work. You've got the egg yolk, which is like you said, mostly water, and then you've got the oil. So it's, it's actually, yes. it should be just this mess of things that don't go together and it looks disgusting. But because of this natural property in the egg yolk, the lecithin, yes. we actually can, it acts as emulsifier and creates this yeah. new thing naturally. Is, is, isn't that why mayo is so beautiful? It's something that is not supposed to happen. That's like, but, a, that, that's like nature's wonder. Is that part of the reason that you, in your episode called it, and I quote, what you consider to be the greatest sauce ever invented. Yes, I, I stand by this. I think, you know, I'm, I'm all for uh, simple food. Most of the time, deceptively simple foods. But I see beauty in simple things. I'm all for the croissant. I'm all for the simple, you know, 
margarita pizza. I'm all for these food that just make the ingredients shine by their appearing simplicity. And uh, mayonnaise is just that. You see it, we've seen it everywhere. In every restaurant on the planet, you see mayo. And it's not even mayonnaise, mayo. It's just like it's taken for granted. It's like staple food. What are you, where do you want to go with mayo? Nowhere. Nobody wants mayo. I want mayo. I, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting because I think plenty of people want mayo, especially in, in Belgium where it's just this national sport. But um, I love the fact that what is to mayo? Why do you want to make a story about mayo, Alex? Simple. There's almost nothing to it. And yet this is not supposed to exist. And it works. And it's solid. And it's beautiful and it has a, that very specific mouthfeel and it's, it's tasty. It's, it's, you know, it's humble almost. But I'm not gonna wake up, wake up. I'm not ready. Let me have another day. Don't wake up, wake up. Keep it steady cause I'm happy. I'm not gonna wake up. No, no, not yet. Whoa. Usually you would start with the egg first. And the egg is in fact the water environment. So I tend to use a whole egg because I feel like it's easier. But traditional recipes, they often call for just the egg yolk. Depends if you want it really yellow or a little richer. I feel like the egg is working a little better. You whisk the egg nicely until it's really, you know, thin. You don't want any lumps in there. Then you add a little mustard to it, but like you know, half a teaspoon or a teaspoon. Is there a specific type? Do we want like Dijon or do we want like? You want something smooth, for sure. Mm -hmm. But you can use any type of mustard. If you, I mean, just between us. (laughs) (laughs) I love saying this in a public, in a public interview. So just between us, if you were to use like some basic commercially available mustard, like really random stuff, it's slightly better because they are full of thickeners and emulsifiers. So you're going to get an extra kick, an extra help by by using cheap stuff. But Mm -hmm. that's just me. Um, No, you want something smooth that is not going to break, you know, physically these these, uh, oil droplets. You mix that all good. So you've got that uh, watery mixture. And then you want to drop oil in there, literally drop by drop at first. A few drops of oil, you whisk it. By whisking the, the, the mixture, you, you're basically aiming at cutting these droplets of oil in pieces. Every time the whisk passes by, it's just dividing these droplets in many uh, other droplets, in, in, in tinier ones. And you really want to do that gradually. Almost almost exponentially maybe, like really, really slow at first. But after sometimes you can, you, you can cut some slack to Is it. Is that you, so that you can give the less than a chance? Yes, exactly. And, and that you don't just create this unstable water oil thing exactly. immediately. If you go too fast, it's, you're going to ruin the mayo, 100%. If you go really, really slow, like, like annoyingly slow, <laughs> you're probably going to achieve this. But it's, okay. it's not, I mean, from a, from a micro point of view, it's beautiful. From a macro point of view, it's not that complicated. If you just go slow, 
it tends to work most of the time. What 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 people do wrong, I feel, and what I did wrong in the past was just like to dump too much oil too quickly, especially at first. At first, really a few drops, and then when you get towards the end, when you've got some volume, you can just pour the bottle of oil in there. I think I made a liter and a half of mayo with one egg. Oh, wow. So okay. that's, that's how far I went, and then it broke, and then it turned into water. Okay. Because there wasn't, there wasn't just enough of the less, uh, less it, to, to deal with the amount of... Exactly. The, yeah. le- the less thin is like a mesh, basically. Mm-hmm. And it stretches, 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 until it can't stretch no more at some point. And at some point, there's just too much oil, and the less thin can't catch it all, and it just breaks loose. It, it sounds like an incredible compound, this lecithin, because I, I, I'm just looking it up here and I see that it's also used for treating memory disorders like dementia and Alzheimer's. That it's, wow, I didn't know that. It's, um, it's used in eye medicines. Um, okay. it's, I see also here the mention about um, as a food additive to make sure ingredients don't separate out. It's good for depression. It treats gallbladder disease. It's used as a moisturizer for eczema, uh, skin disease. So <laughs> it sounds like an un- unbelievably <laughs> um, like ma- powerful. Like ma- yeah, like substance. mayo is a medicine almost. Absolutely. Mayonnaise almost certainly isn't Belgian. The most common theories about its origin are that it's named for either Port Mahan on the Spanish island of Menorca or perhaps for French regions Bayonne, Magnon, or Mayenne. Other claims suggest it's related to French or Old French verbs, such as uh, manier or manier, to handle, uh, moyeux or moyenne, egg yolk, or maillet, to beat. But nevertheless, the Belgians have fallen in love with it. So I asked Alex about creating other sauces from mayonnaise and about what he makes of the Belgian obsession with mayonnaise. In French sauces, so many sauces derive from mayonnaise by just adding, you know, capers or gherkins or vinegar or lemon or anything else. Basically, you create new sauces and you can do this in a very traditional way. Tartare sauce is one of them, for example. So when Belgian people do that, I think they are sticking to the tradition of tweaking mayonnaise. Their love for mayonnaise is a little weird for me, just slightly weird. It's just like, okay, okay. But, but you, yeah. you embrace the, the right to do those things, yes. even with even with the kind of more traditional mayonnaise got, variations. Yes, and I got nothing to say to Belgium. You're not a, a mayonnaise Nazi. Ne, no, I mean, not at all. I will not go for these sauces. I, I'm, I'm, I would never be a Nazi on anything overall. But I would, I would say that... Uh, I'm I'm a purist, so I, I I like to go for if if they can serve me mayo, um, will be slightly happier than if they were to serve me samurai sauce or Andalusian sauce. Uh, keep me out of this nonsense uh, for my for myself at least. <laughs> I'm just looking for myself, okay? Of course. And uh, and I also feel like as a French person, I I have literally no right to tell what Belgian people can and cannot do with their fries. It's their fries, and just being allowed to taste them is fine for me. Everybody in the world is calling them French fries, and they must be really pissed. So I, came, I come to Belgium, to Brussels, with, an, with apologies 
Okay, first. With apologies and love and respect. Yeah, exactly. And, and respect. Yeah. So if they, I, with my hands, you know, in front of me, <laughs> and I'm just wishing to get a few fries. That's that's my wish. They keep saying I'll be fine, but how you know that I'll be there? When it feels like I'm lying every time, someone asks how it goes, and I save the details that actually mean something. Welcome to friends are nearby, don't need another view. Time is not on my mind, but then it's you. Oh, I love it when the love comes around, and then I remember all things must pass. In producing mayonnaise at his newly acquired company, Natura, Artus de Bouzy wanted to preserve the traditional way of making mayonnaise. Part of the reason his recipe is rich and full-flavoured is because it followed the requirements of Belgium's mayonnaise law. Now, Belgium's mayonnaise law is pretty interesting and it's actually been the cause of a lot of tension and drama in recent years. Well, the original um, regulatory text date already from 1955. We're back with Philippe Briseret here, the spokesperson for the sauce people in Belgium. So in 1955, a definition was given to mayonnaise. In order to put a product on the market with the name mayonnaise, it had to comply to a certain number of um, uh, things, Uh, mainly uh, a total uh, content of uh, 80% of fat and a total content of uh, 7.5% of um, egg jolk. Uh, this was a, a very rich, um, uh, how would I say, emulsion. Uh, but we saw with the, um, especially the uh, creation of the European market and the competition with um, other countries' uh, products, we saw that um, new products came on the market with the name mayonnaise, which were lower in fat content and lower in egg content. And so the sector has contacted indeed the Minister of um, uh, uh, Food um, uh, Legislation and asked for a uh, review of the uh, regulation for mayonnaise. And when was that that request? in, in 2016. You had Belgian producers with, you know, 80% fat or oil content and 7.7% yolk. And then you also had these other products being sold, which were from the Netherlands or France or other, other countries, which had a much lower kind of fat and yolk content. Were they, were they labeled as mayonnaise or were they labeled as something else? Well, if they comply with their national um, uh, regulation, they can call it uh, mayonnaise. Which because of freedom, freedom of movement of goods, exactly, European legislation. Exactly. And, so and you, uh, like I said, the, the term of mayonnaise is not a typical geographical name for Belgium. So it could be used also in other countries. And especially the, the Netherlands had a, um, a regulation which was far more um, uh, lower in terms of fat content and, and egg yolk content. And so they also had claims on their um, uh, labeling, uh, stating that it was uh, less content of fat and less content of uh, egg uh, yolk. And so they they had a a sort of a more um, healthy claim than the the, the Belgian traditional fat uh, mayonnaise. But yeah, so so, and effectively the Belgian producers were limited because they couldn't produce that because their legal requirements. So the, the kind of the conflict of that 
discussion was that we need to be able to compete with the lower fat content, but at the same time, we also need to protect the heritage of a kind of a, a richer and more, um, you know, um, I don't know, like a, a kind of just this this special, more tasty, more yeah, more full tasting yeah. mayonnaise, which exactly. you know, but perhaps is more associated with Belgium. So, I mean, that was. Can you recall at the time any what how the producers in Belgium felt about that process? Well, and, and in in each case, they wanted to have indeed more um, um, potential in order to be uh, competitive with uh, other producers, uh, uh, mayonnaise coming from other countries. So there was a clear demand to reduce uh, the or to 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 step down the uh, the measures or the um, uh, the content uh, of fat and and egg yolk in order to be more competitive. From another side, there were indeed. Uh, those who said, no, we have our traditional Belgian mayonnaise, which has a very specific um, uh, taste and, and, and content, which is appreciated by the Belgian consumer, and we should not give it up only to be more competitive. So they needed a new mayonnaise law. In 2016, Belgian Deputy Prime Minister Chris Peters led discussions with the various parties in the Belgian mayonnaise industry. Peter's discussions concluded that it just wouldn't be commercially fair to prevent Belgian producers from competing with foreign mayonnaise producers who imported their mayonnaise. And so a new royal decree regarding mayonnaise was signed by the King of Belgium on the 26th of May 2016. Mayonnaise was redefined. So in, in May 2016, a new royal decree was uh, being made and published uh, in which, in fact, um, mayonnaise could be also given the name mayonnaise to products with a total content of fat of 70%, 70, 70 and uh, 5% of egg jolk. Uh, which is a, a lower content of um, uh, egg yolk and, and fat uh, to allow, in fact, the Belgian producer of mayonnaise to compete better with um, foreign products with the same name of mayonnaise. Um, the name mayonnaise is not typically Belgian. It's a, an international name. It came originally probably from France or from uh, Spain. And so uh, this is the reason why we cannot protect the name as such. It's not a geographical protection. It's a product name product. A protection in Belgium, but in, in, in reality we have now two types of mayonnaise, the tra traditional one which is still 80% uh, fat and 7.5% eggs, and then you have the um, regular one which is the, uh, the, the new modern uh, type of mayonnaise which has 70% total fat, a minimum 70% and minimum 5% of egg yolk. So you had a new definition of mayonnaise in Belgian law. Mayonnaise, sometimes referred to as basic mayonnaise or normal mayonnaise, had to have at least 70% fat and 5% egg yolk. But importantly, it was also agreed during those discussions that another legal definition should be established to protect Belgium's mayonnaise heritage. The 2016 decree created a second class of mayonnaise one requiring a higher standard. 
So this is me quoting from the decree now. The term traditional, or a derivative thereof, may be used in combination with the name mayonnaise, provided the product has a minimum total fat content of 80% and a technically pure egg yolk content of at least 7.5%. So Belgian producers could now decide whether they want it to be normal or traditional. kept indeed the, the traditional mayonnaise for those who wanted to continue to produce uh, this uh, type of mayonnaise, Belgian mayonnaise, and uh, allow them also to bring uh, products on the market which were uh, competitive with the more healthier products or mayonnaises from other countries. What might the future hold? Uh, maybe it will lose um, some of its market share. I will. I agree with that because people are more um, regarding their uh, health um, style, uh, lifestyle, and so on. Uh, so they will reduce uh, their fat consumption, and they also will reduce eventually uh, egg consumption. There is a more um, uh, vegetarian and vegan um, um, uh, people on on um, who want to reduce the the, the consumption of animal. Fat and therefore, or animal products, and therefore, uh, indeed, there will be a shift and also a reduction of uh, traditional mayonnaise uh, in the future. That it seems to be uh, not inevitable, but uh, there will be a clear evolution. That is, um, I think, indeed, um, something that may happen. Uh, on another side, a lot of uh, our mayonnaise is being uh, sold in um, friture, as you say, but also in um, um, hospitality uh, sector. And there, um, uh, a lot of times, the traditional uh, mayonnaise is still being used in, in, in large quantities. And so I do not think that it will disappear that quickly. It will become... Um, especially the hospitality sector in Belgium, wants to keep up the traditional Belgian uh, recipes and, and products, they will continue to use also the uh, typical Belgian mayonnaise with the high uh, texture and the high um, fat uh, content, etc. So it is indeed, as you say, part of the um, heritage and the culture of our uh, eating culture. And um, this is something which is uh, very uh, strong. It's so not something that will disappear that easily. There will be an evolution, without any doubt, especially in the um, retail sector, where people will indeed buy uh, more uh, modern mayonnaise and even uh, different products with uh, less uh, fat and with less, uh, with no eggs, um, uh, with no uh, lemon or whatever. And so there might be indeed a differentiation and a reduction of the traditional sources. But uh, in the hospitality sector, I'm sure the uh, traditional mayonnaise will still keep uh, on going well. Part three, blind tasting.
there were big, big, big markets lost by Belgian mayonnaise companies. Artus de Bouzy of Nature Mayonnaise. Um, so they all lobbied um, to uh, get rid of that law. And a couple of three years back, I think it changed. It didn't really affect us as we always worked with one single recipe, uh, sunflower oil, 82% I think we're, we're on depending on, on the recipes, but the Natura. So we were never really affected. And I found it a bit, you know, going on the business side, it's good that we're all on a European level with the same requirements. But in terms of quality, um, I think we, we're taking a step back. What I really wanted to know from Artus was, what's it like to be a small producer of mayonnaise in Belgium today? You know, is there hope for those that want to make small batch mayonnaise from natural ingredients using traditional methods? Or will the changes of a more competitive market and the evolving diets of younger generations change things dramatically? I saw that in 2017, Natura had taken part in a blind mayonnaise tasting run by the National Walloon Radio and Television Network, RTBF, in which huge multinational mayonnaise brands were also a part. The competition was called Galet la meilleure mayonnaise de Belgique, which is the best mayonnaise of Belgium. I, I noticed that there was a, a thing on one of the French-speaking Belgian channels i think it's called rtbf a, yes. few, a few years ago and they did like this mayonnaise taste test Oof, i remember very well do you remember so did they contact that for you or did you just see it come up on on your on your I feed? Saw it on, on facebook and they had um three or four brands um available and that were showcased and so what did i i just sent on on the facebook uh, thing i think you should try our mayonnaise it's a bit it's, it's completely different to the ones you're you're offering and they said oh good idea bring a jar and um so that was in a in a fritkot in um in uh, wallonia and so i turned up absolutely unprepared with a few of uh, our jars and they said oh but you're you're part of the panel um we're going to do a blind tasting. Um, and I, I honestly never done a blind tasting in my life. And so, um, well, I, I was really scared that I wouldn't recognize it. How many and people so, on the panel? Uh, six or seven, seven, I think. And yeah. from other producers as well? No, I was um, from the general public. Okay. Um, and uh, so they, they put me in the panel and, and sort of every time gave us some fries um, yeah. with, with a different spoon of, of mayonnaise on top. And I started sweating after the first thing. <laughs> and, and all on camera. So, um, I mean, this is, for, for people that don't know, this is like the the government-funded national, yeah. like, Walloon broadcaster. You know, it's like the BBC yeah. of Wallonia, it's basically. exactly like the BBC, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so was, the, the, it, the spoons come down. You're on camera. The sweat's dripping off you. You're like, yeah. okay, I gotta, I gotta pull out the natura mayonnaise here. And uh, we, I think we had to try eight. Um, and um, well, the first five, obviously, weren't weren't the one weren't mine. And I was like, no, no, this is not it. This is not it. And I was really thinking, if I can't find it, I have to change job or you know, I have to hide, go in hiding for for a couple of years because I'll be ridiculous. 
Um, and uh, eventually they turned up as number six. And, uh, well, they, they, they had very extremely different mayonnaise. So I, I tasted it straight away and had a big smile on my face. And was, this is it. Yeah. And, uh, and did you, did you like, were you tasting and marking each mayonnaise coming through blindly? Or yeah. was there like a discussion between the people sitting eating the fruits together? Uh, we, were, we sort of each had, had to give um, a score out of 10. At the time, did you see them scoring the, the, the number six Natura or was it only after that you were able to see the... No, I saw them scoring it and they, were, they all agreed. Well, they were like the first guy said like nine, nine and a half, ten. I gave it obviously a ten because I'm completely biased. But, um, yeah, because um, when I watched it, you know, there's a like short, you know, radio and news clips and they're discussing it. And, and in the in the actual, like the lineup, so I think the Devos Lemons Light, you had Alf, La William, you had 365 Deleza, which is like supermarket brand. You had yeah. Bertoli, which is like a, a large commercial, you know, international brand. Yeah, and then in the second place of all those, came the homemade mayonnaise. So I'm presuming someone made their own homemade well, mayonnaise. The, 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 the Fried guy. Um, in the, the Fried Cot. Yeah, yeah Fried Cot, he made, he made um, a mayonnaise himself. Uh, and I was really scared not to be able to find that one, but he added um, he added a grain mustard, whole grain mustard in it. So, so you could actually yeah. pull that out easily yeah. from, the, from visual yeah. inspection. Yeah. So, so the homemade mayonnaise scored six out of 10 overall. And then in first place was Natura Mayonnaise with 8.5 out of 10. So you, you were obviously, you know, you were obviously both relieved and delighted. Yeah, no, I was first of all relieved. And then obviously the, the, the coverage we got, uh, well, on primetime TV, I think it, it's at half past six, just before the news. Uh, so we got a lot of coverage and you, you see um, that it's, it's very good for a small company like us to, to get that sign of you know, and obviously you'll you'll not want to badmouth or disrespect your you know commercial colleagues and other companies. But you know, w w was there like an ill feeling toward Natura after that, or did you? Was I, don't, I don't think they even know we exist. So, um, okay, okay. They, no, I, I never got any. These guys are so big; they're all multinationals, Unilever, and so on. So. There's still an argument about whether recent changes to the law in Belgium will result in a race to the bottom, or whether the two definitions will allow Belgian producers of mayonnaise to preserve their tradition while remaining competitive. But the RTBF tasting demonstrates that not only do many Belgians still prefer the richer mayonnaises which more resemble homemade versions of yesteryear, but that it might just be possible for small artisanal mayonnaise companies like Natura to thrive in an increasingly competitive market. There will always be a place for traditional mayonnaise at the Belgian family barbecue. There will always be a place for traditional mayonnaise in the thousands of fritures around the country. There will always be a place for mayonnaise in Belgium even if it's all over the balding head of their Prime Minister.
Thanks to Visit Flanders for their support in producing this podcast. And once again, thanks to you guys all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed. My name is Brendan Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smack Podcast. Until next time, love what you do.